Will I still have a house in a month? Home is love. Affordable housing really fills a need. Home is hope. You're always grateful to have a roof over your head. Eden Housing is that hope. Welcome to the Affordable Housing Podcast, brought to you by Eden Housing. How exactly does the low-income housing tax credit impact families? And what's been the effect of the foreclosure crisis on low-income and minority communities? We know a lot anecdotally. But now, with a published study using longitudinal data from Eden Housing, we have much greater insight. Hi, I'm Joanne Green, and on this episode of the Affordable Housing Podcast, brought to you by Eden Housing, I'm speaking with Carolina Reed, Assistant Professor in the Department of City and Regional Planning at UC Berkeley, and Faculty Research Advisor for the Turner Center for Housing Innovation. Carolina is the author of this new report entitled Recession and Recovery, the Critical Role of Housing Assistance in Promoting Economic Security for Low-Income Households. Carolina, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell us what questions you were hoping to answer in this research. Yeah, so, you know, this research really came about uh, because of an early, earlier study that we had done with Eden Housing. Um, so a few years ago, we partnered with Eden and a bunch of other affordable housing developers in California and did detailed interviews with LIHTC or low-income housing tax credit residents uh, in 18 properties across the state. And it was fascinating because we got a real window into these residents' lives and we started to learn how important affordable housing is in providing a safe haven for people who are struggling economically and particularly for working families who are struggling and who cannot by any means afford the high housing costs in California. Um, and one of the most striking findings from that study was that families were using their assisted housing to help promote their economic mobility. So for example, uh, a husband and wife pair, the husband would stay at home and take care of the kids and the wife would go and get a nursing degree. Um, and what we found in that earlier qualitative study was that uh, the affordable housing itself really served as a platform for that economic mobility um, and also for the kids. And so we found that a, a really large share of the children of families living in affordable housing were able to translate that into going to college. Um, but then, of course, uh, as with every study, uh, you know, people are like, well, but that's just qualitative. You need quantitative data. And so uh, Linda at Eden was very gracious and provided us with data on their residents uh, ever since sort of Eden started. And so we were able to track Eden residents over time and actually see how their economic circumstances changed using quantitative data. Were you surprised by the results? There were some things that were surprising. So some things I was not surprised by. So the first thing that I was not surprised by is finding that most uh, people who live in affordable housing um, are working families, right? I think there's a lot of stigma associated with affordable housing and turns out not to be true. These are working families that are just really, uh, you know, putting in long hours in their jobs and just not earning enough to sort of afford California's high housing prices. Um, so that wasn't surprising. What was really surprising to me was the bifurcation or the splitting apart of lower, the very lowest income households and those who were making just a little bit more money. Um, 
and, and realizing the incredibly important role that affordable housing plays, both in terms of just stabilizing households, but then also, again, finding that platform for economic mobility. And would you attribute that to simply the cost of the housing or the supportive services that have evolved over the years to really provide more, for instance, for children and older people? So I think it's a it's it's hard to tease apart exactly what you know drives that economic mobility. I think one of it certainly is housing affordability and also housing stability, right? The fact that these families don't have to worry about being evicted, that they don't have to move every year when their landlords decides to sell the building or those kinds of things. Um, but we definitely know that the resident supportive services help, but then also just the being in a safe and supportive environment. And in the qualitative study, residents continually said, I feel like I'm in a safe haven. And this gives me the ability to think beyond just my everyday survival. I know there are layers of complexity, but can you in simple terms explain the difference between HUD subsidized housing and LIHTC housing? Yeah, so now we're going to get into the housing policy wonkiness of the podcast. <laughs> so historically, when we've talked about affordable housing, we think of public housing, which is what HUD subsidized housing is. So we're thinking about housing that is owned and run by the federal government. Um, LIHTC housing, or uh, the low income housing tax credit, is a new way that we fund and support the construction and management of affordable housing. And it relies on public-private partnerships. It's often run by affordable housing nonprofits like Eden. Um, but the biggest difference between these two types of housing subsidy or two types of housing assistance is that if you live in public housing or HUD-assisted housing, your rent is set at a flat 30% of your income. So if your income goes up, your rent goes up. If your income goes down, your rent goes down. When you're in a LIHTC unit, your rent stays flat. And so if you start to earn more, your rent doesn't necessarily increase with your earning, which allows families to build that sort of uh, economic mobility pathway because there isn't a cost to earning more. So for the purposes of this study, you chose to focus on LIHTC. Why is that? So we actually studied both in this study because Eden manages units that are both HUD subsidized and LIHTC. Uh, the focus and the sort of uh, the newness of this study is that despite the fact that LIHTC has now been around 20 years and has produced and is, is responsible for way more affordable housing units today than public housing is, there hasn't been any research that has focused on LIHTC residents um, or tried to understand how LIHTC residents do, um, either just on their own or in comparison to people who live in HUD-subsidized units. So what would you say are the most significant findings? So I would say, one, uh, the fact that we found that for Eden residents overall, over a pretty short time span, they were able to increase their incomes by a considerable amount. Uh, so we do see real signs of economic mobility. Um, and we see that that housing stability actually helps to increase people's earnings over time, right? That, that, that combination of affordability and stability really does 
lead to economic mobility. The second thing we found is that these households are incredibly vulnerable to periods of recession and economic recession and recovery. And I think this is particularly important in this COVID moment where we see in the past recession, households living in Eden were much more likely to experience income losses from year to year during the recession, job losses, right? That, That sort of impact of the recession really hits low income households hardest. And without affordable housing, that can translate into eviction and homelessness. And so while the households who weren't uh, in Eden are likely to have experienced housing instability, we see that stability and then we see them regain their incomes as the economy recovered. Um, And so if we're thinking about the current moment and COVID and the impact it's having on our economy, it shows the value of housing subsidies and just keeping people well until we start moving towards a recovery. Right. And there are so many, it's like a domino effect, right? When people lose income, they lose housing, their children don't do as well in school, the dropout rate goes up, right? You see substance abuse go up. It's, it's just a spiral. Well, and then if you lose your housing, you also then uh, face increasingly difficult challenges in finding a new job, right? And then in California's market, you lose your housing and then you try and find a new unit. But since rents have gone up so much, now you're paying even more for a less quality unit. And so it is really that domino effect. Carolina, why is this study groundbreaking? So I think it's groundbreaking because we haven't had much research done on residents living in LIHTC buildings. Um, And then more importantly is that it allows us to see the changes in income over time. So this longitudinal piece is really important because often we see snapshots and we can say, oh, incomes are down or incomes are up. In this study, we can actually track individual households and see that it is the same household who moved into Eden in 2009, who is doing, uh, you know, is earning $30,000 more in 2017. And so it really is about the economic mobility for those individual households rather than just an aggregate cross-section. Are there lessons to be learned from this data about the housing market in general? Yeah, uh, I've got a lot of lessons. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, the professor in me, right? I think one is that we can't think about housing affordability and stability without thinking about the labor market Um, and really understanding that if we have families who are in jobs where those job wages never go up, we as a society do need to provide housing subsidies and anticipate that those housing subsidies are going to have to be long-term, right? If, if there's no ladder in the labor market, we can't expect those households to ever move out of subsidized housing. Um, the second is that we do see a lot of economic mobility. We do see a lot of success stories, but in California, there's nowhere for those households to go because our housing market hasn't produced enough moderate priced housing for them to move out of assisted housing into a private market, either rental or home ownership experience. And so, again, that gap of even if they do extremely well and boost their income to $60,000 or $70,000, which is a huge gain, 
there's no unit that's affordable in the neighborhoods that they're living in. And so we're sort of uh, broken in terms of helping people move out of assisted housing into the private market. What do you see, Carolina, as the role of the Eden Housings of the World nonprofit affordable housing developers in filling the gaps? Yeah, so I mean, I think they do a yeoman's job, right? So they are trying to build affordable housing uh, using limited public resources, cobbling together those resources from multiple places, um, and then really providing that housing stability for families. Um, I think what is challenging is that there are still these stigmas to affordable housing. And so not only do they have to focus on the populations that they're trying to serve and develop resident services and make sure that those households are supported in the ways that they need to be supported, but then they're also sort of waging a public education campaign and trying to push against these exclusionary communities who are saying, no, I don't want any affordable housing built here. Um, not in so, my backyard. Anyway. Not in my backyard, right? And uh, it is striking. We have another sto- uh, another research project at Turner Center where we looked at the costs of that. And, you know, cities are really driving up the costs of affordable housing by resisting these high quality, beautiful units being placed for working families in their communities. And I'm assuming there's data upon which we can draw to show that affordable housing does not increase the crime rate, for instance. Yeah, there is no evidence that affordable housing increases crime and or even there's often a concern that it's going to decrease property values for homeowners around. Um, Most of the studies actually looking at LIHTC buildings find that uh, LIHTC buildings actually can boost property values around uh, the, 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 new, the new site um, due to the fact that you really can't see from the outside that it's affordable housing. Many of our listeners are in the industry, the affordable housing industry in one way or another, um, and I'm sure they'd be interested in reading the full report. Um, where can they find it? Yeah, so the best place to find it is at the Turner Center website, which is uh, Turner Center, all one word dot berkeley b-e-r-k-e-l-e-y dot edu and turner for those of you who don't know is spelled t-e-r-n-e-r named for you want to tell us yeah named for don turner who was uh, a, a truly bold and amazing housing leader in california Carolina, thank you so much for your work and for your insights today and for this report which i know will have positive ramifications for years to come. Thank you so much. Carolina Reed is assistant professor in the Department of City and Regional Planning at UC Berkeley and faculty research advisor for the Turner Center for Housing Innovation. Her new report is entitled Recession and Recovery, the Critical Role of Housing Assistance in Promoting Economic Security for Low-Income Households. You can find that study at Turner Center berkeley.edu. To hear more episodes of the Affordable Housing Podcast, please visit us at edenhousing.org or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.